0: the king of the universe and he still wants to have us set at his feet and and just love on him and him love on us and he's just amazing all the kids can be dismissed to go to their class children's churches from four and is it ten now you'd think i'd know this stuff right I think a couple of them are ready to go. <laughs> I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about the ultimate display of love. She couldn't have picked a more perfect song. She didn't know what I was preaching about. We didn't communicate with each other about this. But, but the ultimate display of love. And God gives me a lot of messages. He gives me a lot of hard sermons. He gives me a lot of correction type messages. You guys have been here. You know about it. Those are the ones that I seem to, I seem to be able to hold on to the best. That's my personality is... I'm the disciplinarian disciplinary at my house, and um, I'd like to relate that a little bit to my kids because a, a lot of times they don't get a lot of disi- they don't get a lot of correction from their mom because mama's very soft-hearted. They don't get a lot of correction from grandma and grandpa because I think when they go to grandma and grandpa's house, they get to do whatever they want to do. And to hear them say it, they're just perfect little angels. Nothing ever happens there, and and they just never do anything wrong. Well, at my house, we live in reality, and they do so. I, I have to spend a lot of my time cracking down on the kids. And, and sometimes they need love, though. Sometimes it's not discipline they need. Sometimes it's just love that they need. And it brings me back to God, thinking about his, his word again and, and, and how he loves us. And John three sixteen, 16, most of you know the verse, right? Everybody knows John 3, 6, three sixteen, right? Can we say it together? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever or whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life, right? You all know it. You know this verse, right? He gave his son. He gave Jesus to do this. No one forced him to give Jesus up. Jesus didn't, no one forced Jesus to come here and do this. God didn't force him to do it. He willingly gave his son, and Jesus willingly came here to pay for our sins, right? That whoever or whosoever, if you're reading the King James, might believe in him, should not perish but have everlasting life, right? Who's he talking to there? He's talking to us, right? Me, I'm a whosoever. I'm whoever, that I'm that person, I'm the one who gets, if I believe in him, I have everlasting life. Now, I can relate this to my child, Grace, she's about to turn nine, but when she was born, I was on night shift, and Brenda still worked, she she stays home now with all the kids. Um, I was on night, so I had Grace all day long, and Brenda would have her, when I, when I left for work, Brenda would be there, Katie, I think, would take over for 30 minutes or so until I got home. Anyways, I said that to say, Grace and I have a bond that, the rest of us don't have as, 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 as that bond as much because I had her till she was about three years old like that. And the rest of the kids, Brenda has raised and I've been at work a good part of the time. So, I still love my kids. We all have a bond, but we have, a little, we're, we have this little bit of closeness that, that the rest of us don't have. And everybody runs to mom when they need something, but Grace, she'll run to daddy. So, anyway, that would be the equivalent of Grace volunteering to get beat for your all sin today beat unto death, right? Crucified on the cross. Think about what Jesus went through. I'm talking about the ultimate display of love. He, he came, they plucked his beard out, they spit all over him, they beat him with whips until he should have died right to the point of death and then they stopped that beating and, and hung him up on the cross and you all know the story. You know the story, put a crown of thorns on his head, smashed it down with a stick. God could have stopped Jesus from doing that. He could have. At any time he could have said, no, we're not gonna do it that, but we're not gonna do that thing. But he allowed his son His only son that he loves so much to die on a cross for me, for whoever, for whoever would just accept it. Whoever would just accept it today, he allowed him to go. That's the ultimate display of love. He allowed him to go and die on a cross for you, for me, because we're imperfect. We've all sinned and sin requires death, right? Jesus paid that price for us, right? He wants us reconciled that badly. And you might be sitting here today thinking, preacher, I can't go back to God. I can't do that. I've been too far. You don't know me. You don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been either. Right? When I was a sinner, I was a really good sinner. But I'm still whoever. I'm still whoever. If God, we can come back to God. I said that to say we can come back to God no matter how far we've been. No matter matter how bad we've messed up, we can come back to him, right? There's only one sin that says can't be forgiven. Anybody know what that is? Blaspheme of the Holy Ghost. Most people don't know what blasphemy of the Holy Ghost means. Right? The Bible says for him to know to good do good and doeth it not to him and his sin. So if you don't know what it means, how could you be guilty of it? Like a small child, Jesse. I don't expect a lot out of him sometimes. But when we know more, more is expected out of us. First John two one through three says, My little children, these things I write to you, so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. The righteous right this word right here little children he's talking about Christians he's talking about all of us if you believe in him if you you believe in God if you're a follower of Christ right if we're a disciple a pupil a learner we're following after him he's talking to us these things I write to you he wrote part of the Bible right God sent his word in the form of a Bible he wrote 66 different books When, when when John was writing this this it was a letter it was a letter, right? It wasn't, he wasn't writing the Bible when he wrote it, but they took 66 different books and compiled them together to make the Bible. So it was part of the Bible. Another part of the Bible says, Psalms 119, 11 says, I heard, I hide my word, I hide your word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Actually, it says, I hide thine word in my heart that I might not sin against thee in the King James. I haven't memorized. It's hard for me to put it in modern English for you sometimes. Um, so if we sin though, we have an advocate, right? An advocate. He's talking about Jesus there. Jesus is our advocate, right? So picture it like this. Jesus is the most high-powered attorney in the universe, right? And his daddy's the judge. That'd be a pretty good lawyer to get, wouldn't it? You all know if you've been to court before that sometimes if the judges and the lawyers are buddied up, if they're, play, if they're golf buddies together or whatever, you might pay a little bit more to get that lawyer than somebody else off the street, right? They may even be a better lawyer can't get a better lawyer than Jesus but even if the, if the person is more recognized or more established than this other lawyer if he's buddies with the judge that's the one you want to get right, right? Jesus is that most powerful lawyer that ever existed his dad's the judge and Jesus the lawyer already paid the price for you yeah. well, and he's willing to represent you for free yeah. yes. it's going to cost you something yeah. because he requires change right yeah. he requires us to change our lives but he, he, he's like a public defender. That's the best lawyer you could, he's better than Johnny Cochran. Remember him with O.J. Simpson, got him off the hook, even though the, you know, the glove doesn't fit, you must quit. You all know the deal? He did a pretty good job, because I think he was guilty, everybody thought he was guilty. But he got him off. Even though we're guilty, Jesus goes to bat for us. Jesus died on that cross for us, right? In Verse 2, it says, and he himself is the propitiation of sins. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world, for all of us. Anybody know what the word propitiation means? It means atonement. I didn't know what it meant either, so I had to go look it up for you. It means atonement, to make amends, man's reconciliation with God. He is our reconciliation with God. He paid the way. He died on the cross, this ultimate display of love. Think about the love that he had for us to do what he did. And the love that God had for us to allow his son to go through what he went through. Can you even imagine that? Can you imagine putting your child up there today? I don't like you all that much. You'd be in trouble. (laughs) I'm just being real. I couldn't put my child up there. But God loves us that much that he allowed it. He allowed his son to go through that, right? God wants his love in our lives this perfect display of love he wants his love in our lives right he wants his grace in our lives ongoingly we mess up sometimes we all do everybody should have gave a big amen right there because we all mess up sometimes we all do and he wants this ongoing grace grace means unmerited favor it's not anything you deserved. it's not anything that i deserved but he paid the ultimate price, the ultimate sacrifice, so that we could still have it anyway. He wants us to be reconciled back to him daily, right? An ongoing relationship. This affects us for generations, generation after generation after generation. This affects us for, right? His forgiveness ongoingly, right? He wants his love not only to be in our lives ongoing, but he wants his love to, co- to flow through our lives, right? He wants his love to flow out through us as Christians to others. Many times I've heard Christians say, I gave them a piece of my mind. I called them an old so-and-so. I told them this or that. It's not what Jesus died for. Jesus died for his love to flow through Christians into the earth, right? Into the world so that, that other people could see his love in us and want that want to know what we got that they don't have when you give them a piece of your mind you look just like them we look just like them it's not just you we all mess up sometimes we need God's grace right he wants us, his love to flow through us into others and, and it, it, he wants it to affect every relationship God's love will affect every relationship that you have if you allow it to flow through your life right right Examples of that are my older kids, Shelby, my oldest daughter, Shelby. She didn't, I, I didn't know how to be a dad to her. I didn't know how to. My dad and his dad, they didn't have God in their life, so they didn't have that example, right? It wasn't until I got saved, right? And God, God is my example now that his love can come through my life into Shelby, in that relationship, into, into my wife and, and our relationship and into all my other kids that are younger than that does that make sense and it flows into that even though you might say it's too late for me and my kids are grown Shelby's 27 or she'll be 27 this year in July just a few months she's almost 27 but you know our relationships even change because of God's love even if you mucked it up when they were young there's still time and it can change things for generations generations if you show them God's love through your life through generations right He'll show you how to do that. He'll show you how to have relationships. And without the love of God, you can't have a proper relationship. You can't do it. It's not in us. He made us to serve him, to worship him, and we need that example. We need his love in our life, right? <clears throat> He's my example, so my younger kids will never see me in the same light that Shelby saw me in. Amen? It'll affect for generations because that, those generational curses that come on us through my dad and his dad not having a relationship with God. Curses were on my family. Addictions. Those are curses, right? They were on my family. But we're breaking them right here. We're breaking them right here. My kids will never see that again. My younger ones, Grace and Joe and Jesse and the younger ones, they, they see me and all they've ever known me as a preacher. We've been pastor of this church since some of them, since, since Joe was a little baby. Right? They, can, they say my dad's a pastor or whatever. They don't, they don't think of me in the same light that people knew me before. I'm talking about God's love. I'm talking about his sacrifice. I'm opening my mail a little bit so you can see how messed up I was to realize it doesn't matter how messed up you are, how much you've messed up since you even came to God. You can call on him today. Jesus is still there, right? That high priest, he wants us back. The second way it affects our lives, or my life anyway, the love of God, is in authority figures. My boss. I used to give my boss, before I was saved, I'd, I'd cut some upside, one side and down the other. However, we can fight if you like to. My dad fired me, I can't tell you how many times. <laughs> and I'd go back, and I'd quit, and he'd fire me, and Authority figures when you follow after God the love of God shines through your life right you learn to honor people even if they're not honorable you honor them anyway yes. I'm not saying my dad wasn't honorable but I have some bosses now that aren't honorable the police I treated them the same way I'd talk bad to them and say, say things and try to outsmart them and now if I come in contact with them they don't pull me over and mess with me anymore either by the way but uh, now if I come in contact with them I am respectful to them <laughs> yeah. and, we, and I'll talk and and Everything, because the love of God shows through me, right? Amen. Amen? I, don't, I don't run up and give them a big hug or anything, but, we, but, but I'm respectful and we talk and I respect them as a person and, and the authority that they, that they have and, and those things, right? Because the love of God, because of that ultimate sacrifice. And the third way that it has affected me is in public. Before I was saved, I've heard that I was so cocky that you couldn't hardly really talk to me. I was so arrogant that people didn't want to be around me. I don't know why, but apparently I was. And Brenda gave me an example one time that I walked into an O'Reilly's and threw my money up on the counter and talked down to the person, and, and now I don't act like that. I don't act that way anymore. When I go into a part store or somewhere else, I'll, I'll make conversation with the people. She teases me now that I'll talk to anybody wherever we go. i invite them to church. We had, we had a person working in Burger King drop our food because I was inviting them to church, and they lied to me, and I called them out, and... They got excited a little bit and dropped our bag of food on the floor. So God's changed me that much because of the love of God. He wants to change all of us if, we, if we'll allow his love, right? Before Christ, I was a different person than I am after Christ, right? After that conversion, we're respectful, right? Born again. We're all born selfless. So when we're born in the natural, we're born selfless. Amen? We're natural lovers of ourself. We want me, 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 me. What's best for I? We're not really concerned about other people. We take advantage of other people. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some people are to different degrees than others, right? Some are more mild-mannered than others. You can look at my wife, and she's a very soft-spoken, loving kind of person. But she's still selfless at her core. In the natural, I'm talking about. I'm not just talking about my wife. I'm talking about everyone has this in us. In the flesh, we're, we're selfish. We're selfish beings, right? Yeah. But we all want to be loved, and we all want to love people. We all want to do that. Too often, though, it gets so misdirected, and it gets us in trouble. You, it, it, it turns into lust, right? Lust or or different ways we can it gets perverted somewhat we, we can try to love people and love and, and want to be loved back but it gets messed up because it gets misdirected six or luke six twenty seven through 33 <clears throat> but i say to you who hear but i say to you who hear love your enemies do good to those who hate you that's rough right there right yes. anybody can love those people that love you but the ones that hate you do good to them now I'm going to tell you this before I get started too far of This I don't believe that as Christians we have to be a doormat We don't have to be Just like when my boss does something to me That I don't agree with Or, or, or something to try to, to Make themselves a little better But put me down or make my job harder or something I can disagree, uh, disagree with them respectfully yes, that's true. I don't have to talk bad with, uh, about them Or, or to them right? right I can just disagree respectfully I can call my committee and I can do other things But I don't have to get excited and cuss at them and do all those things challenge their authority I don't have to do those things because the love of God shines through me Right, bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you if you pray for those people it'll change the situation to him who strikes you on the other on, the other, on one cheek offer the other also and, and from him who takes away your cloak do not withhold your tunic. if he steals your coat give him your shirt right that's rough right there too But it's the word. Give to everyone who asks of you, and from him who takes away all your goods, or takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? You look just like the world. Amen. For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is it to you? For even sinners do the same. He's talking about loving everyone, being respectful to everyone. Now, when they disrespect you, that doesn't mean you have to run up and hug their neck all the time. Right? You don't have to love on them, but you have to be respectful. You have to treat them right still. Especially inside the church we've talked about people outside the church so far, but especially inside the church We got to forgive if they ask for forgiveness, right? Instead of focusing on what people do for us We need to focus on them right and showing God's love to them because remember what we're doing this for We're showing God's love to them even though they may not be loving on us Even though they hate us and despise us. We're showing God's love to them Y'all know why right? So that they might come to him. They might see him through you and turn and repent. You might change their life through that. If you're praying for them and you're showing them God's love, you're being respectful to them. Because everybody else is not. I guarantee you. They're not. When they're acting that way, everybody else ain't acting, ain't acting the way they should. Ain't acting the way the word, word of God prescribes for the situation. So if we do, they begin to wonder. Oh, there must be something to that Christianity. There's something different about him or her. What do they have? Maybe they come back and talk to you about it again later. Maybe they come back and apologize, right? You know, God has strange ways sometimes, or, or not strange, different ways sometimes of showing his favor off. And favor ain't fair. But somebody's got to have it. Somebody's got to have it. It might as well be me. If I act right, now, if I go off on my boss when he comes around or, or, the, or the police pull me over and I go off on them, Or my neighbor or the girl at the restaurant today who brings my salad out wrong. If I go off on that person, who's going to have the favor? Probably not going to be me, right? We got to show the love of God through our life all the time. What if just Christians would do this? Forget about the whole rest of the world. What if just Christians, just people here sitting here today would do this? How much different would the world look today? How much different would we look? think about it the churches might be packed full one of the biggest biggest things that i get when i'm trying to witness to people outside and probably many of you have heard this too well there's hypocrites down that church i don't want to go down there why do you think they think that it's not because the love of god's always shining out of us it's not just oozing out of our pores everywhere we go we're just jolly and happy to be there that's not why they think that right my dad can do anything through his love but we have to show it right Mm -hmm. or we can try it our way we've already done that though right most of us are here today because we've tried it our way didn't work out so well so we've wanted something different we're looking for a change we're looking for something different when we came to God and then he begins to change our life to something much greater you know if you're here and you haven't had a complete change and we're all still changing it doesn't matter how long you've been walking in this relationship with God he always requires something different of us right he wants us to do things or not do different things his word will tell us he'll tell us in our spirit sometimes he'll convict us with those things so many of us though get hung up with oh I got to give up this or I got to give up that I can't do this anymore I wouldn't be able to go there and do that with my friends anymore I wouldn't be able to hang out with him or her but I want to tell you that everything I've ever given up for God he's replaced it with something so so much better so much better when I tried it my way I mucked it all up right we want we, we want to do this but what sacrifice are we willing to give are we willing to focus on others to show God's love wherever we go still talking about the ultimate sacrifice you might say they don't deserve it did you did you that's why it's called grace unmerited favor I didn't do anything to deserve it but he still paid the price you your boss or your co-workers or your whatever may not deserve it but you still need to show it to them we still need to show it show show them love everywhere we go it just might change someone's life yeah. God can use that love That we show To change someone else mm-hmm. You might see a totally different outcome In the situation if you just respond the right way yeah. The ultimate d- Display of love Jesus paid the price For your salvation Even when we didn't deserve it If you're here today And you don't have this relationship Can I get over head about it first Nobody looking around I don't want to embarrass anybody with this if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I mean, you might have heard of him, but you don't know him as your personal Savior. You haven't started this relationship with him, and you'd like to. Could I see your hand? Thank you for the hand. Thank you for the hand. Church, can we just pray together today? We can make this real simple. The Bible says all you got to do is believe, and you got to confess it with your mouth. Right? It says you've got to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. You have to believe that he died on the cross for your sins. You have to believe that God rose him from the dead. And you have to believe that he's coming back for us someday. You've got to confess it with your mouth. It's that simple. It doesn't have to be any big fancy prayer. But I'll say it and you repeat after me. Can we do that? Father, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. I know your son Jesus died on a cross for my sin. I know you rose him from the dead. I know he's coming back for me. Please live in my heart. Lead me and guide me the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer right there today, you're saved. That's all you have to do. You're saved from the second death. But that's just the beginning. That's only, that's only the start of your new relationship. Now you need to get a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, see me after church. I'll get you a Bible. You need to get in his word and read it. I, I would recommend starting in the book of John. John's a fisherman. He's plainly spoken. He tells the story of Christ. Right? John the fisherman. Professional fisherman turned preacher. Anyway, you need to get in your Bible. Read that. Tell someone that you gave your heart to God. Tell someone you started this new relationship. Get in a good church. Good Bible preaching church. Get involved in it. Right? Take his word and apply it to your life. It'll change you. It'll completely revolutionize your life if you allow him to. Amen? So we're going to do communion today. I talked to you today about the love of God so we can do communion. Can you grab Sister Delaina? Is that what you're